Turn to Luke chapter 3, and let me show you a shaking of the heaven and the earth. Amen. Luke chapter 3, Haggai described it as a shaking of the heaven and the earth when the Old Testament disappeared and the New Testament arrived. Amen. And I want to read these precious verses. Luke 3, beginning at verse 1. Look at the momentous occasion documented by the Bible with numerous points of reference right here. Right. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee and his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria and of the region of Trachonitis and Lysanias, the tetrarch of Abilene, Annas and Caiaphas, being the high priests, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Amen. Verse 5 is highway construction, which we've seen on 385 and 85 here for some time. The whole verse is a symbolic, metaphorical description of making a highway. That highway is Isaiah 35. That highway is Isaiah 40. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The way to the kingdom of heaven and to heaven itself through Jesus Christ. And what did John the Baptist do in verse 3? He preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. John 1, 6 tells us, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. We're going to be baptized today, five of you, as Baptists, because John was a Baptist. Look at Matthew chapter 11 to see what Jesus thought of the first Baptist preacher. Matthew chapter 11, verse 11. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Amen. You younger ones, the two that are younger, that have reached the age of 18, you have waited for years. And so we'll call that a little bit of your violence. But the real violence here is repenting and changing your life violently to please the Lord more perfectly. One's come from the other side of the earth. That's violent. Two of you have come knowing better about this church. And we thank the Lord for you. Jesus said about the first Baptist preacher, there is not a greater than John the Baptist that is born of women. Look at Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16 so that we can realize the shaking of the heaven and the earth that took place at the arrival of John the Baptist. John the Baptist's ministry was just a little bit more than only six months long. 
He only had one purpose. Baptize a few people to make them ready for the Lord and baptize the Lord Jesus Christ himself and identify him as the Messiah of God and his ministry was over and he was gone. The greatest man. But when it's all about Jesus Christ, it's a worthwhile ministry, even if it's short. Thank you, Lord, for John the Baptist. Luke 16, 16, the law and the prophets were until John. That's what started with Moses in the Old Testament since that time, since John, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presseth into it. So there we have pressing into it. Matthew was violent, take it by force. They mean the same thing. They're synonyms for each other. We press into the kingdom of heaven by repenting of our sins and doing whatever it takes to be baptized by a Baptist preacher like John the Baptist. Look at Matthew chapter three, which you would have read last evening. Matthew chapter three, Jesus did not, John did not want to baptize Jesus. John wanted Jesus to baptize him. And I hope that we can all fully understand John's view of that situation. Verse 13 of Matthew three, then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan, 70 miles, unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. John suffered it. John allowed it. John permitted it. John went along with it because Jesus wanted to be baptized by John the Baptist to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus did not need to be baptized, but he chose to be baptized. Jesus did not need to be baptized, but he chose to be baptized to fulfill all righteousness. And that should excite each one of you five. You're fulfilling all righteousness. This is what God wants you to do today. It's huge to him. Once is enough for him because it's huge. We keep celebrating the Lord's Supper because he wants us to remember his death until he comes. But this event of answering God with a good conscience is once and it's today. And he is thankful for it. And it is all righteousness from the perspective of baptism. With all authority in the universe... Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. This is the context. Jesus is about to ascend back into heaven and he utters these words, All power. We began this morning in the last chapter of the Bible. I am Alpha and Omega. I am the first and the last. I am the root and the offspring of David. Before he ascended into heaven, he said all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That being said, go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And the only baptism acceptable to that context is a Baptist baptism with a Baptist administrator and Baptist doctrine and knowing that it does not save and by immersion upon someone giving an answer to God for a good conscience. But this momentous occasion of Jesus ascending back into heaven and telling his apostles, the universe is mine. I rule the universe now. Go and baptize. With the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, 
In Acts chapter 27, baptism was the response. Peter preached an inspired sermon. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And they were scared because they knew what the Bible said about the Lord that was the Son of God. He would make his enemies his footstool. And so they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Look at Galatians chapter 3. And Galatians chapter 3 is one of the current chapters being memorized and studied and learned by our Bible quizzers who are learning Galatians chapters 1, 2, and 3. In Galatians chapter 3, I am sharing with you right now the glory of baptism. How exciting it should be. How excited you should be to do something that excites God. Amen. That He only needs it done once. It's huge to Him. The angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that repents. Angels plural, one sinner repenting on earth, they rejoice. And there better be some rejoicing on Wednesday evening. Some of you have a serious personality disorder and social dysfunction, unable to make a noise in a public assembly. The angels in heaven, the plural angels, rejoice over one sinner that repents on earth. So there's a slide presentation on our website entitled, What's wrong with the angels? The real question is, what's wrong with us? Let's celebrate it. This is the glory of baptism. In Galatians chapter 3, remember verse 16? For those, of you, for those of you younger ones that are learning the third chapter of Galatians, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed which is Christ. The promises made to Abraham were really made to Jesus Christ, the true seed, the real seed of Abraham. Well, how do we get those promises? Galatians 3.26, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. See, how do you get into Galatians 3.16? Through Galatians 3.27. Verse 29, And if ye be Christ by baptism... Then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The promises God made to Abraham. Tremendous promises. I don't want to get off on that. There's four of them. There's four big ones. Those promises are ours by faith in Christ Jesus and being baptized in Christ Jesus. You become the seed of Abraham. God's going to bless all the nations of the earth through the seed of Abraham, being the Lord Jesus Christ. The promise of heaven. Do you know what heaven is called? It's called Abraham's bosom. Because that's where we're going, those that are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and put on Christ to be Abraham's seed. Colossians chapter 3. Thank you, David, for reading it in prayer meeting this morning. Colossians chapter 3. I want that first verse. This is the glory of baptism. On the day of Pentecost, baptism is what was the answer that they needed to do. Baptism identifies us with Jesus Christ. Baptism is to fulfill all righteousness. Baptism is what Jesus taught when he owned the universe and ruled it. Baptism is how we justify God and declare him righteous. We read those verses earlier today, Luke 7, 29 and 30, but I passed over these words. It says that the publicans and the harlots and the people being baptized by John justified God. 
You get to declare God just and righteous today by repenting of your sins. You're basically saying, I'm wrong, he's right. And that justifies God. You're declaring him to be just and holy. Baptism is glorious. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, If ye then be risen with Christ. Now the Colossian church had not gone to heaven. How were they risen with Christ? They were risen in baptism. Because 2.12 says, buried with him in baptism. And if you're buried, you're going you're gonna to die down there unless I bring you back up. And if I bring you back up, then you've been raised with Christ. If ye then be risen with Christ by baptism, because that is the context, if you're a baptized person and you five, I have spent the last three Sunday afternoons with you, and I hope that this will be your life. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead. You're going to show it today by letting me bury you. Ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. You're, you have a hidden, spiritual, religious life with God through Jesus Christ your Lord, and you're symbolically going to declare that in the waters of baptism. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Amen. This is the glory of baptism. Right. Baptism has three pictures of death, burial, and resurrection. I will not be going over these things at the pool. You are getting them right now. Three pictures of burial and resurrection. Jesus was died, buried, and rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, to pay for my sins. Amen. I will bury my old man. I will bury my fleshly way of thinking. I will bury my former Arminian thoughts. I'll bury it all to rise to walk in newness of life. And if I die in this world and my body is put underground, I believe that Jesus Christ is coming back to resurrect my body from the grave, from the ground, reunite my spirit with it, and take my combined being into heaven. Amen. It's all in Baptist baptism. And these other people mess the whole thing up. They call that sprinkling a sign of regeneration. Where, where is sprinkling a sign of regeneration? Baptism isn't about regeneration. Baptism is about the death and burial of Jesus Christ, the death of my old man and my burial of it, to rise to walk in a new life, and the resurrection of dead bodies. It is how we answer God. Right. I know there was one young man here who's not old enough to be baptized, but he appreciated 1 Peter 3.21. 1 Peter 3.21, the like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. Amen. Do you know that Jesus paid for your sins? You, do you know that Jesus paid for your sins? Then you have a good conscience, because he died once for all, putting all of our sins away, and he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Revelation 12.17. Revelation 12, 17. This is the remnant church. The remnant church. That for the year 2019, we have heard about martyrs. Every Sunday, a martyr. Because of the remnant church that was persecuted by the Roman church. Verse 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Those are the martyrs. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. 
And when the dragon saw that he was cast under the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. This is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle. This is the church that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time, three and a half years, 1,260 years by prophetic rule from the face of the serpent, the dark ages of Europe, 1,260 years. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. That's not literal. That's spiritual, that's religious, that's fornication, that's spiritual adultery, that's infant baptism. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon, that is the devil, was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you five are going to declare today that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, your only Savior from sin, and that you will live a life of discipleship to Him for the rest of your lives. You will be part of that remnant church come next Sunday. But until then, you enter into His kingdom by pressing into it. And with that remnant woman, with that remnant seed, that church of Jesus Christ, we keep the commandments of God by Baptist, Bible, baptism. Amen. And the testimony of Jesus Christ. Let's go testify of Jesus Christ by burial in water and resurrection from it. And may the Lord bless the preaching of his word. Amen. Amen.